Hey, everybody. Welcome today to Southside Online. My name's Jeff Williams. I'm the lead pastor here at Southside Church, where our mission is to build real followers of Jesus Christ. Real is authentic. It's genuine. It's true. It's right. It's as close to the original as you can find. And we want to be that when it comes to a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe that that helps us uh, fulfill a vision. That we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where God has placed us in northeast Georgia. Love for you. Love to invite you, if you live in our area, to come visit us in one of our two locations. The Redstone Campus, the Commerce Campus. You can check us out at southside.online. I would love to meet you and uh, spend some time with you. Invite you into a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, and help us fulfill mission and vision uh, as, as we just do what God said. And today we're walking through a series that we are calling Foundations. There are five foundational statements that, um, that are kind of core to the leadership base here at our church that we want to live by, that we want to communicate, that we want to see our people have. And uh, they're very simple. We believe that God is worthy of our best. The gospel is our foundation, that people are our business, laughter is our medicine, and the community is our focus. I believe if we take those principles and live by them, we'll be a church that radically impacts our community, and God will use it to impact the world. And so today, we'll look at the second one of those, and we'll begin just by looking at the definition of what is a foundation, because foundations are critical. Jesus told us that a foundation was critical to a house, to a structure, because without a good foundation, it cannot stay standing when the storms of life come. Why is that? Because of what a foundation is. A foundation is the base upon which something stands. It is an underlying basis or principle for living life. It is what you build something upon, and so you want to be able to have a secure and sturdy foundation to your life. We want to be able to have that as a church, because I don't want Southside Church just to be here for a few years. I want it to be a place that, that, that impacts this community for hundreds of years. We're not a church that's 100 years old. We're a church that's only 17 years young. And so even in the launching of this church and, and allowing God to, to, to build it and use it for his glory, and I, I want to see that continue. I want to see it handed off for generations of kids and families to come after us so that one day people will be able to celebrate a church that's 200 plus years old and, and look back on the faithfulness of people who had a vision from God, built it on the right foundations, and God was still using it to bless generations or our families for generations to come. That means we've got to have a sure foundation. Because David wrote in the book of Psalms, he said, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, that signifies two things. Number one, you've got foundations, and two, you're living by them. Because if you protect, if you live by them and you protect them, then, then you're not going to allow those things to be destroyed. And so those are powerful things to know. Here at Southside, I believe there are three things that make us unique. We are biblically based, we are family focused, and it is a place where you can be personally known. And I believe if we live by those three things, it makes us different and unique and sets us apart from people around us. Listen, if, 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 to tell yourself you can't do what God has called you to do, is to preach heresy. That's what it is. I'm preaching private heresy if I'm telling myself I can't do what God has called me to do. 
I'm preaching something to myself that isn't true. Because God has been, he has enabled me by his amazing grace. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then God has not just saved you by grace, he's called and enabled you by grace. And so I believe that God has a purpose for you. You've been made on purpose. You've been made for purpose. And so that is an essential to you living out your best life. And I believe people today want to live a peaceful and joyful life. I would say a peaceful and happy life, but I'm going to use a deeper word, joyful, a peaceful and joyful life. Why? Because I believe through the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I can have peace and joy even though we may have storms raging around us. How is that possible? It's possible when you build your life on the right foundation and the right foundation with the right principles. The principle today we're teaching is that the gospel is our foundation. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is is the foundation upon which we want to build a church and we want to build lives, we want to build families. That's what makes it so important to be biblically based and, and family focused. And so when you take those principles and from God's word and you push them deep into your lives and into your families, I believe God does incredible things with that. If the true, it's the true gospel of Jesus Christ, it's a gospel of hope, mercy, forgiveness, grace, rescue, love, and transformation. It's a gospel of never being alone, of never being without help, of one who is always near, one who always cares. It is a gospel of overwhelming victory and of a beautiful eternity. The gospel is the story of God's mission to restore the brokenness of creation, which was brought on by the sin of humanity. Through sending his son Jesus to earth as a fully human, fully divine person, this Jesus lived a perfect life that no one human ever could, and then died as the ultimate sacrifice for the wickedness of mankind, taking the full of God's wrath upon him so that whoever places their faith in him does not have to experience that. Instead, receiving eternal life with God because their sin is no longer held against them. Wow, that is the gospel message in a nutshell. And so there are two types of things. There is a a private heresy, which we preach a gospel of aloneness, partiality, poverty, inability, and just hopelessness, or we preach a gospel like I just said to you, one of the Lord Jesus Christ being the center and the foundation of our life. The question today is what kind of gospel are you preaching to yourself? I, yeah, my, I, I guess the older you get, the th- more you experience these things. I talk to myself. And I remember my granddad, when I was growing up, he would talk to himself a lot. And, and I, would call his, I, I called him Pa. And so when I would hear him talking, I'd say, Pa, did you say something? He said, no, I'm just talking to myself. 
And I said, really? You like to talk to yourself? He said, yeah, it's just some of the craziest answers I get sometimes that throw me off. And, uh, and you know, so he would talk to himself. He would answer himself and, and say all kinds of things. I do that today. I talk to myself. Candy, sometimes when we're riding in a car, my wife will say, see me over there. I'm mumbling something. She'll say, hey, you want to let me in on your conversation? I said, no, I'm just having it with myself. We're good. We talk to ourselves. We say a lot of things to ourselves. And a lot of times, the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves are very untruthful. And so we'll say things, at least I do, I'm an idiot, I'm a loser, I'm a failure. Why did I do this? Why did I do that? And so I'm preaching to myself things that aren't true because I'm not that thing. I am not those things. I am more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. I am forgiven. I am saved. I am transformed. I am a new creation in Christ. And I think the more that I preach those things to myself, the more I'll believe those things about myself and experience life of, 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 a, of a gospel foundation. And that's the same kind of thing I want you to experience. What kind of gospel are you preaching to yourself? Are you preaching a gospel of sin, a gospel of, of self-righteousness, a gospel of, of self-focus? Are you, are you preaching a gospel that is centered on the Lord Jesus Christ? And what effect is it having on you? And so today, we look in a, in a passage in 2 Corinthians where Paul is writing to a group of people that are really struggling. And I think, I think the, 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 the region of Corinth at this day and time is a lot like the, the place in which we live today. They, we are very similar in nature and, and, and in the things that we were, they were experiencing and we are experiencing today. And so the church is new, the church is alive, the church is growing, but now there is, see, we are seeing a disconnect between a lot of the teaching of the gospel and some false teaching that is working its way into the church. It's having a negative effect on them. And so Paul is now communicating, he's writing letters back to this church that he started to encourage them, to strengthen them in the true gospel. And if I were to summarize the gospel to you for you in one statement, I would find it in this passage. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and this is what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He, God, made the one Jesus who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so Paul here turns from character to conduct. And what we see in this is that God made the one, God made the one Jesus who did not know sin to be sin for us. That is the gospel message. Jesus, who is sinless, came to be sin for us, to be a substitute on our behalf. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God. We might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the power of the gospel message. Three things today. The gospel cha changes us, the gospel challenges us, and the gospel calls us. Why is the gospel, why should it be our foundation? Why should it be the message that we constantly preach to ourselves? If you were to memorize a passage in the Bible, I would strongly encourage you to memorize 2 Corinthians 5, these verses, 16 through 21. 
How do I memorize Scripture? You read it over and over and over again. There's a great app that you can pick up on Bible memorization where you can type in the passage or verse that you want to memorize, and it walks you through a way to, 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 to bring that into memory and so that you can recall it and use it. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21 is a great passage to see about how to live life. How What do I need to communicate? What do I need to know that makes me different from the world around me? Three things today. The gospel, which is our foundation, the gospel of Jesus Christ changes us. It absolutely changes people's lives. Verse 16, Paul said, from now on, from now on, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. Stop right there. What is he saying? What does that mean? We do not know anyone in a purely human way. He's not, he, he's not talking about some ET phone home, extraterrestrial kind of uh, far out uh, relationship. Paul is talking about the way they see people, the way he sees people, the way he seeks to interact and come to know people. Paul said, I don't see people anymore. And I love how he doesn't just use the personal uh, reference to himself. He's incorporating the church. He's incorporating people who say that they are followers of Jesus Christ. He said, from now on, we don't know anyone in a purely human way. He said, even if we have known Christ in a purely human way, we no longer know him like that. Paul talking about some disciples, Peter, John, Matthew, James, I mean the 12 disciples and the ladies that were around them, numbering somewhere men and women, about 120 people that knew Jesus, that walked with Jesus, that saw Jesus. Paul was not one of those guys. Paul watched him from a distance. But Paul came to know Christ after he had risen from the dead in a great powerful encounter. And so Paul's talking here, he's saying, man, people knew him in a purely human way. But even that, he was different. And people acknowledge that. Even people today acknowledge Jesus to be a good man, a good teacher, a good prophet. But he was more than all of those things. And that's what Paul's saying. He said, we may have seen him that way, but we don't see him like that anymore. Today, we see him as the risen Savior. He said, we see him as the Savior of the world, the Christ, the Son of the living God the one who came to take away the sins of the world. And so Paul said that had an effect on us. It changed us. It did something to us. We don't see people anymore the way we used to see them. Paul's like, I don't see, I don't see, even Paul is talking about, I don't see followers of Christ the way I used to see them. I don't see Gentiles the way I used to see them. I don't see my Jewish brothers and sisters the way I used to see them. You know why? The gospel changed me. This is what he said. He said, and because of that, therefore, therefore, because I don't see people, because we don't see people like that anymore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, he is a new creation, brand new, brand spanking new, made fresh all over again, bad stuff taken out, forgiven, good stuff put in. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away and look, new things have come. 
What is Paul talking about there? Paul is talking about a, an encounter, a relationship that has been established with the Lord Jesus Christ, where a point in time comes in your life where you realize things aren't working. And I'm encountered with the reality of a sinful nature. Sin separated man from God. That happened in the Garden of Eden. It's been that way since that day that Adam and Eve took the forbidden fruit, ate it, and lied to God. When that happened, we were separated from God. Man was separated from God. And since that time, from that time to the time of Jesus, man has been trying to figure out a way to get to God. We just can't do it on our own. Enter Jesus the Christ. He came to do for you and me what we can't do in our own strength and power. And so Jesus on the cross paid for the penalty of our sin, the sins of all mankind. And because of that, you and I can accept his forgiveness, receive the Holy Spirit into our life, and be changed, transformed from an old person to a new person. That's the change that happens in us. See, it's a picture of eternity. Without eternity in the center of our thinking, that's what, if you were to say, what's a st- what's, I like statements, I like beliefs, I like, I like things that I can say and, 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 and communicate to, to people that are gathered hearing the gospel. And it's just I like wanted to build real followers of Jesus Christ, and we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from northeast Georgia. Well, how do we make that happen? We want you to know God. We want you to find biblical community. We want you to grow deeper in your faith and help us make disciples. Okay, why? why? Because Jesus is the center of everything that we do. We are simply better together. If I'm going to do and and if I'm going to commit to growing my faith, I got to do whatever it takes because every person matters. And when we build that around things like the gospel as our foundation, we realize that Jesus is the one who deserves to be the center of our life because Jesus is the only way to eternal life. And so I have an eternal picture in mind. And without eternity in the center of my thinking, my picture of life is like a jigsaw puzzle where the puzzle can be complete, but the missing piece in the center is gone. I don't have the centerpiece. And so the puzzle is not complete. And so when we think about this and we look about our life and we wonder, God, what do you have for us? A lot of people will make an excuse and they'll say, man, what difference can one person make? One person with the, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in the center of their world can make a profound difference in all kinds of ways. And I can prove that over and over and over again from this book and throughout history. Why? Because the gospel changes us. The gospel also challenges us. It challenges us. How does it challenge us? It challenges us in this way. Everything Paul said is from God, verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. To reconcile something means that you have two people, two things that are opposed to one another. And when you reconcile them, you have a mediator that brings the two together. That doesn't make them enemies anymore. It makes them, it forms an alliance with them. And so that is what Paul is communicating here. He's saying everything is from God. 
Everything. God, God is a good God. He is the one true living God. And he wants to pour good things into your life. And he reconciled us to himself through Christ. And on top of that, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is what God has given to us. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. And he talks about passing it from faith to faith, person to person, strength to strength, glory to glory. Paul is saying this, God gave us this gift so that we could in turn share it with others. He gave you and me the ministry of reconciliation. Why is that a challenge? Because it's very hard to reconcile opposing parties. When Jesus left, he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea. Jerusalem is the center, it's the hub. Judea surrounds it. And then there's Samaria. I mean, Jesus could have said Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. But he included Samaria. Why? I think it's because the Jews... It was because of the Jews' hatred for the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a group of people. They were a mixed race of Jews and Gentiles. And now they were kind of, they were outcast. Jews, a good Jew didn't associate with a Samaritan. The story of the good Samaritan in our culture today, we call a heroic act to a, to a person in need. He's a good Samaritan. In their day, there was no such thing as a good Samaritan. But yet Jesus, in his commission to his, his disciples, said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, all Judea, and Samaria too. Because I didn't just come for the Jews, I came for the Gentiles. Paul said, I, I don't see people in, a, in, in the way I used to see them anymore. God changed that in me. And now God is using that to challenge me to challenge me with the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Think about the person, the people group, that annoy you the most, that bring out the worst in you that cause you to have bitterness, anger, and hatred, that, 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 that unleash things inside of you that, that you know are not right. Paul said, in Christ, God is reconciling even them to himself. He's not counting their sins against them. And he has committed the, menace, the message of reconciliation to you and me. See, life is not about getting through it in order to get to Jesus. No, it's about meeting Jesus where you are and allowing him to change your life. Why does the gospel matter? Why should the gospel be our foundation? Because the gospel changes us for the good. The gospel challenges us for the better. And the gospel calls us to significance. The gospel calls you. It doesn't just call you to come and receive it. It calls us to come, receive it, and share it. 
that gospel message, Paul said this. He said, again, therefore. The gospel changes us, therefore, because it, may, it makes us a new creation. And then he gives us the ministry of reconciliation and challenges us, and then he calls us with this, therefore. We are ambassadors for Christ. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative that goes to another place to represent the, the, the ruler from the land from which they came. If you are an ambassador to the uni- or, or, or for the United States of America, you're going to go to a foreign country and you're going to represent the needs of or, or the, the, the desires and wishes of the United States of America, the president of the United States to that country. You are a liaison between the two. Here, that's what Paul is saying. We are ambassadors for Christ. And we are certain, we are absolutely confident that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What does that say? Paul said, your life, your words, your message, everything about you, it's like it's begging people to be reconciled to God. Begging you, give your life to Jesus. I'm begging you, Focus your life and center it on the God of the Bible. I'm begging you to treat people, love people the way Christ has given himself for you. Paul said, it is as though God is appealing through us. We beg you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Come to God. Be forgiven. Accept Jesus. Don't go to hell. Go to heaven. You can be forgiven today. There are some guys that'll, and there are some people that'll stand on a street corner and hold a Bible and scream and preach and yell. There are some people that'll sit in a living room. They'll have coffee at a, at a, at a, at a coffee house. They'll have dinner with a family. They'll stand on a stage. They'll sit in a small group room. And they'll do the exact same thing. We plead with you, be reconciled to God. Why? Because here it is. Because he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's it. See, today you and I can experience the miracle of salvation. And still miss the significance of it. You can have the gospel as your foundation and still miss the significance of that moment. You see, I believe that God didn't just save you from something. God saved you and me for something. See, every believer, I believe, is like a fighter jet. And when when people that sit in church and call themselves followers of Christ understand that, I believe it takes them from being a spectator to a participant. I like to think of Southside like an aircraft carrier. It's it's not a cruise ship. Churches today seem more like cruise ships where people come and sit and get fat. They come when they want to. They come when it's convenient for them. They and 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 they expect something from them. It's the difference between a member and an owner. But a but a but a but a 
a, a, a cruise ship is not like an aircraft carrier. An aircraft carrier is on a mission. It's on purpose. And an aircraft carrier is loaded down with planes that have a purpose and a mission. And the carrier can carry them far off, but the planes accomplish missions and come back. They come back to refuel. They come back for rest. They come back for food. But they come back to recharge so that they can go out and do what they were made to do again. Every person that calls himself a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is an airplane. It's a fighter jet on a mission. And you're either sitting in a hangar refueling and recharging or you're flying through the air accomplishing mission. Or some people have just left themselves in the hangar and they never come out. See, God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. Peter told us that in 1 Peter. He said, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Today, stop Offering the devil what God gave you to change the world. God gave you something inside of you in the Lord Jesus Christ that he can use to help change the world. And I would invite you to say yes to that. Say yes to the gift of salvation. Say yes to the invitation to come and be a part of a body of believers that are seeking to make an impact in this world for Christ. If it's not here, it's somewhere. Say yes to it. Take a step. Get into it. Ask where you can serve, where you can make a difference, and let God go to work on your behalf. Why? Let God go to work in and through you. Why? Because God doesn't want to give you something so that you offer it to the devil, what he gave you to change the world. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, that is the foundation of living life. And I would love to invite you to pray with me. Receive Christ as your Savior. Accept his forgiveness for your sin. Give you a home in heaven and give you a mission on this earth. If you want to do that today, pray this with me. Say these words with me. Believe them in your heart. Confess them with your mouth. Say, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to be my Savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life because I am ready. I am ready today. I'm ready right now. And I'm ready to follow you. And I say yes to you. Amen. Listen, if you did that, if you prayed that with me, let us know in the comment section today. Let us know. Go to Southside.online. Connect with us. Let us say, hey, I did it. I said yes to Jesus. Let us help you take a step of faith to grow that faith and make it something powerful in your life. Thanks for joining us today. I hope to see you next week.